0: This week on Soup and Stuff, Soup sits down with professional chef and entrepreneur Melissa Rebels, a.k.a. Midge, of Midge's Kitchen in Wheeling, West Virginia. In this episode, Soup learns where Melissa got her start, her experiences moving from farm life to the big city, her experience on the hit TV show Chopped, and her success of Midge's Kitchen. Grab a fork and knife, because this one's going to be great to dig into. You're listening to Soup and Stuff. All right, everybody. Welcome back to Soup and Stuff presented by the Pine Room Studios. We have an extremely special guest today, Melissa Rebels, out of Wheeling, West Virginia in Midge's Kitchen. Uh, first off, I want to thank you so much for sitting down with us. We know you're busy. It's the holidays. You're, ex- you're doing a bunch of different stuff right now. Uh, so thank you for sitting down with us in the Wheeling Heritage Building. We're in their office right now. It's beautiful here. So thank you to them. Uh, Melissa, I guess just to get started, would you like to start with a serious question or a fun question? <laughs>
1: A serious
0: question. Serious. Okay. So you have adapted and, um, and kind of adopted Wheeling, West Virginia as your own. You're not from here. You've done an unbelievable job of growing your brand here and everything you have to offer to the community is incredible. So can you kind of give a background of where you're from and how you ended up in Wheeling?
1: Sure. Um, so I was born in Buffalo, New York. And then when I was 17, I moved down to New York City, lived in New York City for 14 years, ended up going to culinary school in New York City at the end of that 14 years. Um, And then I decided through culinary school that the best way for me to learn how to cook outside of school would be to work on a farm. Um, Because I was managing farmer's markets when I was living in New York and attending school. So I moved out to an organic farm on Long Island for a year. And just really fell in love with farming. And then spent the next 10 years farming kind of all over. Northern California. um, Eastern Tennessee. And then I moved to Alabama. And then while I was in Alabama, I was realizing Alabama wasn't for me. It's like really hot there. And um, so... I got to looking at jobs on the internet and stuff, and I saw this job to open up the market at the public market for Grow Ohio Valley. And the organization sounded cool. It sounded like a lot of other like food justice nonprofits I already worked for in other states. And um, then I had to Google where Wheeling West Virginia was because <laughs> I had no idea. I've only been in like the southern part of the state, you know, so then when I actually Googled it and I noticed that it was only four hours from Buffalo, I was super interested in the job because I wanted to live closer to my family again. So then I just came up and interviewed. I was here for a weekend. I experienced the McClure Hotel (laughs) and then I took the job and I moved here.
0: Very nice. And that
1: was like just about three years ago.
0: What was your culinary school experience like in New York?
1: Well, the culinary school that I went to was called the Natural Gourmet Institute. So it was really different from sort of other culinary schools that were options at the time, because they focused on health-supportive culinary arts. So even though we did do, we did a lot of cooking with traditional French techniques. A lot of the cooking was geared towards people with um, certain sort of food intolerances or diseases. Um, kind of a lot of people that I went to school with ended up graduating and becoming personal chefs for people with you know, degenerative diseases or severe allergies. Um, we did everything in our pastry program, gluten-free versions, um, no refined sugars. So the school itself actually started as a vegan school, and then vegetarian. And when I went there, we did do poultry and fish. But I chose that school because they chose to work seasonally with local ingredients and i was already working for the farmers markets at that time and that was important to me and then also just because i realized that a lot of these types of diseases and cancer and allergies like those things aren't going away and i liked learning how to cook with that in mind
0: so, Northern California, Tennessee, Alabama. Do you have a, obviously you grew up in New York. Do you have a place where you've visited and and it's wow. This is uh their food here is completely different than anything I've ever seen.
1: Um like in America yeah. or?
0: or or do you like one of their cu- cultures kind of something like you'd like to adapt and bring and bring to Wheeling here and and kind of uh.
1: I don't know, really, in the U.S. I mean, I love the food in East Tennessee and North Carolina. I mean, I love Southern American food. And so I do kind of gravitate towards that stuff. You know, it's just so different because every place I lived, I was also farming. So it's almost impossible for me to bring that food because, like, California – you can go and get an avocado outside, <laughs> you know, or a lemon or, you know, and there's just some, it's just like that Mediterranean climate. So it's hard for me to think of menus in the same terms of the food in California here, because I don't know where, like I'm going to get an avocado from Mexico, you know? Yeah. So I don't know in the U.S., I S I don't think I've been anywhere. That's like, wow, this is better than any yeah. other place. Do you want me to say pepperoni rolls are like the best <laughs> or something? Have you had a pierogi yet? <laughs> Have oh, you, we grew up with pierogies in Buffalo. Buffalo oh, has no a way. huge Polish-American population. Wow. Someone in my dad's family owns a pierogi restaurant. <laughs> <laughs> we're, yeah, we're good on pierogies. That's one of
0: my favorite foods. I, I wanted to give this as a compliment, and I hope you take it that way. My fiance did her schooling in Savannah, Georgia, and and we'll drop your uh, social media for everyone to see on Instagram. When I see your food, and I haven't tasted it yet, but I'm excited to, I get that Savannah, Georgia, like, southern vibe from it. And I think it's so cool to – I've eaten it so many Places down there down south, and I every time I see your food, I think it would fit perfect out there on the river in Georgia or in one of these places in North Carolina. And and I see it, and I'm like, wow, Melissa's stuff would fit in perfect there. Do you so you you, do you try to implement that southern kind of what you've learned down in Tennessee and Alabama into the things that you cook up here?
1: I think that my style, if I had to like narrow it down to something, is it I think it gravitates toward that, but only because. Those are like, you know, lifelong recipes that have been passed down and I'm and I do a lot of stuff for my family too. Like my mom's side of the family Sicilian. I have stuff on my menu this week that's like family food, you know, and family recipes. And I think that It's interesting because sometimes even when I post stuff on social media, I'll be like, oh, this isn't fancy. Like, I follow a lot of other (laughs) chefs. It's like they're putting everything with tweezers (laughs) on the plate. And it's like, that's impressive, too. And I think there's a place for that food. But I definitely think that my personal style is more like rustic home cooking. Like, But like somebody once, a customer of mine once described it. And they were like, Melissa's cooking tastes like... If your grandma was a chef, you know, like, that's not what I'm going for.
0: (laughs) Where does Midge's Kitchen come from?
1: Well, my nickname was Midge for a long time. There's people that probably don't even know my name is Melissa. It's (laughs) out there. So it just, I don't know, it kind of fell off, I guess, when I moved to Alabama and, you know, I was in a totally new place. And so I guess I just wanted, I didn't want to put my name on something, like, I guess... I didn't know what else to yeah. call it, and Midge had been a long nickname, but also, I kind of feel like Midge has a grandma vibe to it, I think like think a throwback I, <laughs> name. You know? I think
0: Midge's Kitchen is so cool. When I first heard that, and I wanted to do this interview for a while, I thought that was such a cool name, and in your brand and everything you build. It seems like you have a long history of being around food and, and, and wanting to be on the farm and stuff like that. What's something that you can attribute your success to right now of something in the past?
1: I would say definitely my farming and my experience working as a farmer's market manager with farmers, because when I was in culinary school managing the markets, that's what made me want to go to a farm, because I would talk to these farmers, and it's like, you know, some of the farmers I was talking to were like 11th generation. Like these kind of old time guys like literally show up at the farmer's market like with their McDonald's breakfast, but then are telling you like 60 different ways to cook carrots you never thought of. And I'm just like, wow, this is interesting. And I just thought like, I have to be where this food is growing and and go out and harvest food every day to become a better cook, and then I just got stuck doing it for 10 years.
0: <laughs> will, you, will you elaborate a little bit on how you operate to the public right now and kind of how your business um, goes about, its daily operations?
1: Yeah, so I have a lot going on right now, <laughs> but the primary thing that I started doing is this weekly menu that people pick up. So a lot of people are on the mailing list, and I send out an email on Thursdays that has the whole menu on it and a link to the website where you can order it um i leave the ordering open generally till i try to do leave it open till sunday but i would say by friday or saturday most of the stuff is sold out so and that's not because i'm like oh i'm so popular i sell everything i'm only one person so sometimes there's only 30 of something available and uh so that's one way I also post that same menu and link on Facebook. I post it on my Instagram. But I think that the mailing list is key for people that really want to get stuff before it sells out because they know exactly when it's on the website. And then the second thing that I do right now is I have a little cooler across the street at the public market. And I put um, things like salads, sandwiches, um Heat and eat meals and stuff in there. Sometimes I put gluten free baked goods on top of it. And so that's a space where they're open from nine to six most days, and people can walk in there and get something I'm going to take home. Um, makes it easier, so if you can't make a Wednesday pickup at my kitchen from 4.30 to 6.30, you could just go to public market on you know a Tuesday morning and get something.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So your, your Instagram is really cool to follow, all the different things that you post on there, and the, there's so many different types of food. What do you feel like is the most popular thing that's kind of helped your page grow so well over the years?
1: Um, I would almost say that it's not even food, kind of. Um, I think that initially when I was farming, people are very interested because if you think about it, like most people don't live rurally. So then people are living in these cities and that's like an interesting thing for them to watch somebody living in the country. And it was interesting for me to like, when I left Tennessee, I was like, Oh am i going to just be like a boring person lives in a city now. Like I, you know, what's going to happen. Are people still going to be interested in this? But I think that one of the main things too is that, like if I'm just having a really terrible week or something I'm just really honest about it like and I've definitely posted about things in social media before like even really personal things like things like being in an abusive relationship and stuff that you're like am I crossing a line should I just focus on my business but I think that sometimes people appreciate knowing that a business is a person too.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And I feel like it's good for them to realize that they're not alone. And, and with uh, what you're able to do and, and push out to everyone and let them know that there's someone else that's been in their position, I think that's awesome. Because it's not, it's sometimes they feel like they get secluded and in, in, in that uh, everyone's Instagram and Twitter is this fake world. But when you're able to show these real life experiences and things that you've gone through, that that's great for them to be able to follow you and, and relate to that. Yeah, um, I
1: like trying to post things that I'm doing and wheeling too because i don't know it's like this is place that probably most people that follow me haven't been
0: yeah what are some what are some things that you offer that your customers may not be aware of maybe that's a different kind of food that you're trying to push more of or uh something that you would like to talk more about that you're kind of in the works of right now
1: um i feel like now i'm really doing everything i want to do um i do catering too a little bit um it's something I'm kind of backing off on, I guess, because I have these other two things. I'm busy with it. But that is something that I do. Um, yeah, I, th- I would say just the weekly menu and the cooler are the main things that I'm focusing on.
0: Awesome. What are, uh, what, what are the best ways for these people to get a hold of you right now and to kind of get on that mailing list and, and uh, start to um, get involved with your, everything you do?
1: Well, on the Facebook page, I believe there's a link to the mailing list. But definitely on my Instagram there is because, you know, if you click on the link there, it's one of those link tree things. And the link tree has, you know, sign up for the mailing list. So that's probably the most direct way to find it. Um, and then people can email me. There's a phone number on my website. It's just midgeskitchen.com. Um, really any of those ways. But I would say... Emails probably the best. I'm probably never going to answer my phone. <laughs> I'm going to be honest.
0: <laughs> yeah, well, our, our producer job is the same way. So you guys got something in common. He doesn't ever pick up his phone either. So
1: people can text. I'm just like I'm working with my hands, yeah. and I'm not wearing headphones. So every time I have to touch my phone, I'm not getting work done. So.
0: I I was doing so much research on you, and I listened to a couple different interviews and stuff like that is there any chance you would want to talk about your Chopped experience? Because I thought that was so cool. I've watched it for so long. And and how did that even come about, about getting involved with that and getting selected to go and do something like that?
1: Well, I was working on the farm on Long Island at that time. And when you work on a farm – you think, oh, I work on a farm. I'm going to, like, go outside and eat all this beautiful food. But depending on who you work for, the farm I worked on, they were like, here's all this stuff that's damaged. <laughs> or, like, here's a bag of something we found open or, like, whatever. And it was, it was like, chopped every day. So I had a really good friend there. and every day I would make food out of the most random stuff in our house for these guys that lived, we were like the farm crew and this one guy just kept being like, you need to apply for chop. Do like do this every day. And, um, so I did because we were on long Island and they do interviews and stuff in New York. And then I guess we just sat there one night in the farmhouse, filled out the online application, sent it in. And then they called me to do like a casting thing and then they, like, called me back to tell me I was going to be on it. So it was kind of crazy. It was a long time. Like, the, the time frame between applying and seeing it on TV was, like, at least a year. Wow. You know? It was very long. Yeah. I don't know if it's still there at that long of a time frame with things. But because um, I was living in California by the time it aired. Wow. So.
0: How far away was where you had to go and, and get in the kitchen and do, like, all the filming? How far was that away from where you lived?
1: Oh, only like an hour. Oh, okay. I mean, I was out on Long Island, and then it was in Queens, Good. their studio. So um, I don't regret doing it. Oh, it but was awesome. it was the most terrible, like terrifying thing I have ever done in my entire life. It was so <laughs> horrible. After the first round... I was actually like, please cut me. (laughs) Like, I can't go back in there and do this again. I can't. Like, I knew I could not do it. I was like, please. And then when they like cut me, I was just like,
0: Yes. Would you do it again?
1: No, I would never <laughs> do it again. I was so terrible. Well, you're an,
0: un- you're, an unbelie- you're an unbelievable chef in the things that you create. I would love to see you on it again because it was in 2010, so yeah. 12 years ago. I have a quote from you from that day, and when I was listening to it, I thought it was so funny. So the ingredients that Melissa had to use for that opening round were Rainer cherries, walnuts, creme de menthe cam and canned salmon and you said in the quote on the on the screen and on the t- on the tv show i thought it was so funny canned salmon i just prefer not to eat it i think it tastes like the can <laughs> so
1: what i've you- come around i think there's a couple of good brands of canned salmon now but dude my whole goal like i was telling everybody when i was going into it I don't want to cry and I don't want to burn myself on TV or cut myself. And like, I feel like I succeeded. You
0: did a great job just from what I've seen. I thought it was so cool. You represented yourself well and and look at this this brand that you've grown now. So I think that's such a cool resume thing. Do you, have you ever told anyone that in your interviews, like, Hey, I was on chopped.
1: I do have, um, I mean, I haven't used a resume in a very long time. So, um, they don't really use resumes farming, but, um, It is on there, like if I was doing a culinary job, because there's like media section of stuff that you've done. I
0: I wanted to, um, and I'm happy that kind of transitioned us here. I wanted to um, ask some fun questions with you. Um, First off, one of our team members, I I don't want to throw him under the bus, but well, it's Jarrett. Jarrett is the one I'm talking about. His food selection has gotten a lot better, but do you think it's a red flag for someone in their mid-20s everywhere they go to order Chicken Fingers?
1: Okay. First of all, this person is already choosing to go every place that has chicken fingers. <laughs> like, because is that even possible everywhere you go? <laughs>
0: it's Eddie, he goes out of his way to make sure it's chicken fingers wherever he orders. Do you think that's a red flag? And how can he? How can he get out of this kind of his comfort zone to try different things?
1: Um. Maybe he could like transition to like a chicken salad or something. <laughs> like I don't know. I mean. Like, I have my things that I don't like. I mean, I definitely wouldn't probably order Chicken Fingers everywhere I go. Um, I don't know if I would consider it a red flag, (laughs) but it's a concern. Yeah,
0: a big concern. (laughs) Jub's laughing off camera right now. Um, Before you sat down, I did a little segment with Jub. I gave him one, two, three, four, five different food items, and I asked him where they were from. He went one for five. So I want to see if you can get two hopefully but if you don't get if you don't get if you go 0 for five that's okay because job got lucky on the very last one he he actually got extremely lucky so let's start with this um the first recorded recipe for french toast was from where
1: um is this a trick question? Uh, like, yes. Or?
0: It's not France. And that's what Jub, <laughs> that's what Jub guessed.
1: Well, I wasn't going to guess that. But um, I'm going to say South Carolina.
0: No, it was actually in Rome. So that's okay. Jubb didn't get that one. This, I, I can't believe Jubb didn't get this right. And, and I don't know if I would get it right if I was out in public and someone threw this at me. But where was pizza invented? Double points if you can name the city.
1: Ooh, I don't know, but I, in my mind, I kind of want to say somewhere like maybe even in the Middle East or something.
0: Do you have a final answer? Um, I'll tell you this. Jub guessed New York and he was wrong. (laughs) Yeah,
1: I don't think it's New York. Um, I mean, I would think even potentially Italy, but um, I guess I would say Italy.
0: Yes, correct. There you (laughs) go. Very nice. It was... um, so yes, Italy and it was in Naples. Okay. So very nice. You've already got one and Job didn't get one until the final answer. Cheesecake is assumed to be New York by many people, but where was it originally dated back to?
1: Oh, cheesecake I might say France.
0: Good. Good guess. <laughs> Job said I don't even Job said somewhere in America, but it was ancient Greeks on the island of Samos. Okay. So, okay, one of my favorite foods here, where can pasta be dated back to? This one surprised me.
1: Hmm. I don't know. i trying to think of where, like, pasta made out of, like, where wheat would have been grown. Wow, she's I guess way that's better than
0: you, Jill. She's going in. <laughs>
1: um, maybe. Can I just say Europe?
0: <laughs> Asia.
1: Oh, interesting yeah so it dates
0: back to china is that rice yeah. pasta
1: then or wheat pasta
0: i don't know that might be rice pasta job you think yeah it was like 1100 bc so uh, okay okay final one here or right, so how about the milkshake i feel like milkshakes
1: have to be american yes
0: good good win <laughs> you beat job so very nice um, so the milkshake made it into the mainstream in 1922. A Walgreens employee in Chicago, Ivar Colson, mixed a couple different things with some ice cream and uh, malted milk. So that was very nice.
1: Interesting. Wow. You found some kind of hard questions, yeah, actually.
0: Well, <laughs> well I'm, you beat Jub, so that's all that matters. Um,
1: Surprise. Yeah. We'll have to get her, we'll to get her a,
0: a, a koozie or a t-shirt or something, Jub. Okay. Uh, last thing here. Um, this is our middle school minute presented by Calcruth. So we have three different questions from some middle schoolers to ask you. Okay. Uh, we can say their name, but not where they're from. Um, just their first name. So the first one is from Timmy. Do you have a personal favorite food?
1: Um, yes. And there's two of them. And I'm not maybe a good chef for saying this, but they're pizza and burgers. Sorry. <laughs>
0: Have you you had Do you make a burger That you're like Wow this is incredible Or have you had a burger Anywhere that you're like "I, I gotta keep going back And eating this one
1: Um I mean, I've had tons. I, the burger's the first thing I get at every single restaurant I go to. It's like how I set the bar. I'm like, if you mess this up, I'm not coming back. <laughs> so I've had lots of good burgers everywhere. But like here, I love the burgers at Allen Jack's. I cool, was working so out good. at Avenue Eats at the food truck in the summer. It's the same grind they use down there. Oh, like, good. It's really good. Really Great.
0: Good Next one is from Brandon. What's your favorite city you have been to?
1: Whoa. Man, I don't know. I'm not like a real huge city person. I mean, I like, I'm gonna just go with New York because I lived there for so long. But internationally, I would say probably Rome.
0: Wow, how cool is that?
1: Really cool. I would I love, love to go to Europe
0: with all these guys. So that'd be, that'd be a blast. All right, the last one is from Lily. Uh, My boyfriend of three months says I'm a horrible cook. I told him he's horrible at video games. Do you have any advice for me for when I cook?
1: Well, maybe get a cookbook or, like, watch some YouTube videos or something. I don't know. I don't like the boyfriend right now.
0: (laughs) Thank you so much, Melissa. Is there anything else that you want to elaborate on of of different things that you're doing? We appreciate your time today. So is there anything else you'd like to tell everyone? Um,
1: No. Just – and, well, maybe – well, I guess this won't be available then, but about Handmade Holiday tomorrow. But, well, um, we'll make
0: sure we get that on our, on our socials today. We can snap a quick picture and, and get that out. Yeah, and, but and just,
1: sure. you know, Facebook, Instagram, I post my menu every week, my mailing list. That's pretty much it.
0: Awesome. Melissa, thank you so much. Keep working hard. We're going to be following you. We appreciate you taking your time out of your day today to come and do this. So best of luck and, and uh, keep working hard.
1: Thanks for having me.